0: This week, we're taking a break from our podcast, but we'll be back next week talking about Charles Williams' novel War in Heaven. In place of our usual conversation this week, I hope you enjoy this reading of Longfellow's Ten Years Drapa. Here it is I heard a voice that cried. Balder the Beautiful is dead, is dead, and through the misty air passed like the mournful cry of sunward sailing cranes. I saw the pallid corpse of the dead sun, borne through the northern sky, blasts from Niflheim lifted the sheeted mists around him as he passed, and the voice forever cried, Balder the Beautiful is dead, is dead, and died away through the dreary night in accents of despair. Balder the Beautiful, god of the summer sun, fairest of all the gods, lights from his forehead beamed, runes were upon his tongue as on the warrior's sword. All things, in earth and air, bound were by magic spell, never to do him harm, even the plants and stones. All save the mistletoe, the sacred mistletoe. Hoder, the blind old god whose feet are shod with silence pierced through that gentle breast with a sharp spear by fraud made of the mistletoe the accursed mistletoe they laid him in his ship with horse and harness as on a funeral pyre odin placed a ring upon his finger and whispered in his ear they launched the burning ship it floated far away over the misty sea till like the sun it seemed Sinking beneath the waves, Balder returned no more. So perish the old gods, but out of the sea of time Rises a new land of song, fairer than the old. Over its meadows green walk the young bards, and sing. Build it again, O ye bards, fairer than before. Ye fathers of the new race, feed upon morning dew. Sing the new song of love. THE LAW OF FORCE IS DEAD, THE LAW OF LOVE PREVAILS, THOR THE THUNDERER SHALL RULE THE EARTH NO MORE, NO MORE WITH THREATS CHALLENGE THE MEEK CHRIST, SING NO MORE, O YE BARDS OF THE NORTH, OF VIKINGS AND OF JARLS, OF THE DAYS OF ELD, PRESERVE THE FREEDOM ONLY, NOT THE DEEDS OF BLOOD. But why are we reading an 1849 poem by the American Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in a podcast devoted to the Inklings? In his autobiography, Surprised by Joy, C.S. Lewis says this is one of the first poems he read as a young child that gave him that elusive sense of joy he chased until his conversion to Christianity. He says of the poem, I knew nothing about Baldur, but instantly I was uplifted into huge regions of northern sky. I desired with almost sickening intensity something never to be described, except that it is cold, spacious, severe, pale, and remote. This is for Lewis an early experience of sansucht, or joy, and also of what he calls the love of northernness that cemented his friendship with his lifelong friend Arthur Greaves, and later with Tolkien as well. So... Some background on the figure of Baldr in Norse myth. Baldr, son of Odin, was the handsomest, best, and most peaceable of all the Norse gods, and his death marked the beginning of a kind of deterioration that led or leads to Ragnarok, the death of the gods. In the most well known version of the tale, Baldr was so great that his mother had gone around eliciting promises from everything in the world not to harm him. However, she neglected to ask the mistletoe to make such a promise. Because nothing could harm Baldr, the gods liked to play a game where they would throw things at Baldr, remember, this was in the days before Netflix, and then watch as these things sort of bounce off him. All the gods would join in in except Hoder, who was blind. According to most stories, Loki, the god of mischief, saw this as a chance to make mischief and put something in Hoder's hand, directing him where to throw it. It was, as it turned out, a mistletoe shaft. Baldr was killed, and the former Golden Age of the gods... Was ended. Now there's a legend that after Ragnarok, a few gods led by Balder will return to usher in a new golden age of some kind, though it's not clear if this legend was was itself inspired by Christian ideas. C.S. Lewis calls the poem Longfellow's translation of Tegnér's Dropa. Uh, Because I do this podcast in my spare time, I've been unable to figure out if it is actually a translation of one of the poems written by Swedish poet Isaias Tegner, or a poem in honor of Tegner, who died shortly before it was published, and who Longfellow clearly admired. I've found conflicting information online in a new modern translation of Tegner's drapa, but I've not yet found the original in Swedish. A drapa, by the way, is a piece of old Icelandic heroic verse. Esaias Tengner's most famous work was a poetic rendering of an old Icelandic saga, Frithjolf's Saga, into, what was at the time, modern Swedish verse. When Frithjolf's Saga was published in the early 1820s, Tengner became a celebrity poet. The work repeatedly invokes and involves the god Baldr, comparing him to Christ in much the way that Longfellow does in this poem, and even calling him a Baldr, who southward dwelt, a virgin's son. So well before the time of the Inklings, actually as early as we have Eddas and Sagas, and earlier, we see attempts to understand the Norse myths as symbols of the Christian God. This correlation of Christ and Balder, of course, was not exactly what Lewis was drawn to as a child. He was repelled by the conventional Christian religion as it was practiced. But the feeling of northernness awoke in him a knowledge of his own incompleteness, which he says is itself the thing we most desire in this present life, uh, this sort of longing. This is part of the reason the myth of the dying God is so moving. It admits to the brokenness of our world and ourselves, but promises that just beyond the horizon there might be something correspondingly rich and full. It awakes us to the ache of the current absence of that thing. It's interesting, um, keeping that in mind, uh, that Lewis says... He's not sure whether or not the experience of joy he felt reading Tengner's Drapa happened before or after he lost his mother. The the death of his mother is experienced as pure disaster, but the poem, made out of another disaster, the death of a god, evokes a joy that gives his entire life purpose and touches him on a deep level, really as intimately or personally as any actual loss can. It is this aching desire for beauty that draws him, through myth and literature, to Christ but in order to know the fulfillment of his aesthetic longings, he must lay them down, dying even to them. There's a story in one of the old poetic Eddas. Um, A while after Baldur's death, there's a competition that the god Odin gets into against a wise giant named, wait for it, Vafruthnir. Odin is disguised, going under a fake name, because he aims to learn Vafruthnir's secrets, and the giant will probably not agree to trade riddles with the god of wisdom. He gets the giant to agree to a kind of trivia competition, winner take all, and death take the loser. Wisdom, for the Norse gods, by the way, means secret knowledge about the causes and fates of all things in the world, uh, about the future and the past. Vafruthnir has asked Odin questions about the names and natures of things on earth and in heaven and at the beginning and end of time. And Odin has done the same to Vafruthnir. Both have answered each other correctly. Then comes Odin's, What have I got in my pockets? moment. Odin wins the duel by asking, What spake Odin himself in the ears of his son, Ere in the bale fire he burned? And that is when Vathrithnir realizes He has been hoodwinked by the god of wisdom. He says, No man can tell what in olden time Thou spakest in the ears of thy son. With faded mouth the fall of the gods And mine olden tales have I told. With Odin in knowledge now have I striven, and ever the wiser thou art. I find this to be just about as poignant as anything in literature. The only way Odin is able to win this contest, where he and the all-wise giant are trading cosmic secrets, is to ask something as personal as, What did Odin whisper in his dead son's ear before placing his body on the funeral pyre? And the answer may well have been something to do with the renewal of the world after Ragnarok or some other cosmic, uh, eventually public matter. But whether it does or not, it is probably Odin's most cherished and deeply held secret. A different genre of trivia compared to what has been recited up until this point. Of course, one of the rules of a wisdom contest is that you cannot ask anything. You don't know. So this question is also basically self-disclosure. That's how Vafruthnir recognizes that he has been tricked by Odin. And of course, to this day, no one knows what Odin whispered in Baldur's ear. Thanks for joining me for this bonus material. Please do join us next week as we talk about Charles Williams' grail novel, War in Heaven. Thank you.